because when I look at any art form, I look to be moved, um, whether that's like emotionally, well, it's usually an emotional sort of movement that I look for. Um, I look for the soul. Like if I don't feel the soul, then I lose interest pretty fast. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Lo-Fi Podcast. My name is John Wentz, recording conversations with artists, musicians, and filmmakers still in confinement in my flat in Paris, France. Hope everybody's doing well. Thank you for tuning in again. And from the top, thank you for the reviews and the emails. Um, It's been very rewarding and really helps during this time. I hope everybody out there is doing great and hanging in there with this craziness that's going on. Uh, I don't know where you're at and what your situation is, but we just got an extension here in Paris. So now we're looking at uh, May 11th and until the quarantine is lifted, so they say, and uh, further restrictions. So yeah, crazy times. The new normal is a strange normal. So hang in there, everyone. That being said, just a couple of things before I get started. This episode, like all the other episodes, is brought to you by No Wave Academy. No Wave Academy has decided to extend and further their coupon discount for until uh, April 23rd. So you can get 20% off on all online workshops through Thursday, April 23rd, 11.59 p.m., PST. So use this discount code NO-APRIL20. That's all caps NOH-APRIL20. And you can get 20% off on checkout. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, definitely something to check out. There's videos by Kate Zambrano, Sean Cheatham, myself, Paul Christina, David Chaifetz, Nick Rungi, so many. Um, so, you know, learn something, support the arts. Thanks so much. In this episode, I'm very, very excited to bring to you my conversation with Canadian artist and musician Robin Waddy. I've been waiting on this one for a long time. Um, We finally got to connect during the pandemic, to which I'm a little bit sad about. Circumstances um, under which we were able to have this conversation aren't the best, but we did definitely make the best of it. And again, just the hugest thanks to Robin for taking the time out and um, being so generous with her time and with her stories. In this episode, we talk about the COVID-19 pandemic and its effects on touring musicians. We postulate a little bit about what might be the future of the music industry. And then we get into the beginnings of her current band, Big Brave, that she plays with bandmates Matteo Ball and Tessie Hudson. We talk a bit about the songwriting process how she developed her vocal style, uh, the vulnerability of writing lyrics, and then dive into a little bit about her art, which admittedly, I feel we didn't get to talk about enough. That being said, their music can be found on Spotify, Bandcamp, and through their record label, Southern Lord Records. Don't think this needs to be said, but Spotify, you know, it's great for discovering music, but it's pretty terrible at supporting musicians. So if you can, you hear things you like, 
go to Bandcamp, go to their websites, go to the record labels and purchase those records. I think um, now more than ever, it's important to support artists and the arts, and especially musicians who I'm sure for everybody uh, are integral in getting us through this uh, very strange time. So without further delay, Robin Waddy. do it like a doctor shot that's my right. my Just new like, effect <laughs> yeah 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 to remain casual yeah but um and it, it's kind of um a sophomore question but mm-hmm. since this is really affected you as an mm-hmm. artist mm-hmm. i mean what are the other effects and how how are you dealing with this um well aside from the tours being canceled um and a huge chunk of what I rely on financially is now off the table. Um, I also work two jobs um, when I'm not doing music or touring. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, I work at, I, I bartend at a venue and I uh, work at this newish sort of wine appetizer bar. Anyway, they, they closed. So I lost both those jobs, which means, yeah, I'm sorry. thanks. <laughs> so when I, okay. When I lost the venue job, it was sort of, we kind of figured and I was like banking on the second job and I didn't know how long it was going to last, but I knew like at least it would maybe be a couple, couple more weeks before restaurants start closing if it got to that. But then uh, the owner of the restaurant uh, made the smart decision of just closing preemptively. Mm-hmm. And when when I got that email, I actually started to bawl <laughs> oh, <laughs> because man. it's like it's it's it it comes down to money, right? Like, how right. am I going to pay rent? I barely make enough to uh, save money, and I'm in debt because of the band, and we're the type of band that is uh not making money but we're breaking even and then sometimes we can we can save some money for recording and um 
and to like help pay for the next tour. But mm-hmm. uh, by no means are we, we don't even have savings. Like, so it, it was, uh, it was a shock and it was hard, but then I still somehow remained calm because I knew that I wasn't the only person in this boat. Um, I knew that everyone in the service industry is going to be affected. Everyone in the music industry is affected, had been affected yeah. already at yeah. that point. And because of that, I, I had a sneaking suspicion that um, there would be some uh, measures taken place to help us. Like I, I didn't know what that would look like. For instance, I called my bank immediately and I was like, can we figure something out? And the person helped me and uh, just kind of put my mind at ease. Like, listen, this month we're going to do this next month. We're going to look at this and like, don't worry. And, that helped. And then our government, um, pulled like hundreds of millions of dollars out of their I saw that. fucking butts. Like, where did that yeah. money come from? It's amazing. What can happen yeah. when, <laughs> when oh everybody's on the line, right? That's the yeah. part that's almost infuriating. And, you know, when you put aside the real issues, you're like, wait a minute, where's yeah. all this money coming from? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then even more money into, helping businesses, which I mean, is good ish, um, for the small businesses, the smaller businesses, it's great. But then the larger businesses, they're going to be fine no matter what it's Mm -hmm. the people like us that work for smaller companies that are going to be screwed. Um, I think the music industry might change too. Maybe I think I mean, I, I have no idea. I don't know. But it's it's affected even my outlook on or my, uh, my yeah, can I say that? My outlook on playing music, like how I, th- it's changed the, that's another thing about the self-isolation thing is that my language has regressed. <laughs> but I know, you know, it's, it, that happened to me. I did uh, one of the, I'm doubling up on my episodes now, like two a week, because I had one a, a week ago and I didn't speak to anyone for probably a week. Okay. And I jump on and I couldn't describe anything. Oh God, it's I'm amazing sorry. what goes, yeah. you know, like you said, I, I couldn't like search and I'm still having problems like connecting thoughts to words. Yeah. I forgot the code to the, uh, the flat, like oh, I went no. to the store when, and I couldn't get in. I started panicking. Like really, I'm questioning my sanity. Yeah, like it's a four, le- four number code. How did I fucking, and it's my birthday. The code oh, no. is my birthday. I just didn't know the order. Right. Oh shit. I mean, isolation. I, and you know, another, sorry to get tangential, but I, no. when, you know, you're up at night during this, I have these weird thoughts. I'm really, really have, um, changed my stance on solitary confinement too. I'm, okay. you know, just in that, like that is torture, man. Yeah, absolutely. Th- absolutely. That should not happen. Yeah. That just being in my apartment for weeks on end is yeah. rotting my brain. But anyway, yeah. sorry. To no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how um, you were saying 
or before I rudely cut you off, oh. how <laughs> it's how how it's affected your you were saying your attitude toward playing. Oh yeah, like uh, I just, I because it's already a lot of work. It's already a lot of work. It's so much yeah. work. Um, you're you're saying beyond the physical. I mean, there's the yeah. hauling your gear. And yeah, setting up yeah, and, yeah. Beyond yeah. the physical, um, uh, just like practicing writing and recording is its own it's it's a huge amount of work at least it is for my myself and my bandmates but um and uh and then there's all of the tour preparations and then there's actual the actual touring and there's so many factors to consider and do and keep track of. And it's like, it, beca- it is a job. Um, it's a full-time job, um, a very stressful full-time job. And um, with coworkers. With coworkers, <laughs> yes, coworkers that you end up um, basically living together twenty four seven on yeah. tour. I, I always refer to it as a dysfunctional relationship. I know many people have, but yes. I played music for a while, and okay. that's how it 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 felt for me a lot of times. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. That's a lot. It's, it's so much. It's so much already. And then when this happened and tours started canceling, it. Uh, it dawned on myself and Metzier how fragile touring is um, and the music industry is and how, um, how codependent we are on each other um, with regards to, and I'm, I'm speaking about uh, 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 bookers, promoters, venues, um merch folk screen printers mm-hmm. uh tour managers uh sound techs like the whole kit and caboodle like it's we're so interconnected and hyperly codependent on each mm-hmm. other um that it it's I don't know. It's just, it's, it's kind of right now. It's a bit for me, I guess, like visually it's up in the air. Whereas before this, I had a clear direction. I was like, no, yeah. Music is what I want to do. I have two jobs that let me go Mm. for an extended period of time and come back to my position, my schedule, um, which is, a huge blessing and something I don't take for granted because I leave however many times a year for however long, right. To go on tour. Yeah. Um, so I'm taken care of. I like, it was just, it was just clear. Now it just feels up in the air. It feels very precarious. And, um, I'm worried about my, what I have to fall back on and I have nothing to fall back on. Mm-hmm. I 
you know, like this new, the, 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 the wine appetizer bar, they just opened in December and. Oh man, are you serious? Yes. Yes. So they like, they might have to close and go bankrupt. Like it's important, like, you know. It's quite literally a new business's worst nightmare. Exactly. That you would never expect. Like, yeah. Yeah. It might be a global pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. That was one but, of the big reasons oh, why man. I burst out crying <laughs> when so she sorry. let us go. That's I was just horrible. like, yeah. yeah. I was like, because she's also one of the nicest bosses I've ever had in my entire life working oh, in 20 plus years in the service industry. So, and it's like a really cool place. And uh, I hope it pulls through. Me too. Me too. So now I'm just like, what do I do after this financially? Yeah. Um, do I, continue playing music and being on this very sort of precarious unknown path um, where I'm literally living paycheck to paycheck every week or two weeks or, um, or do I hunker down and, get some stability and save money and buy like a plot of land somewhere and then farm mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and prep and wait for the next pandemic. Exactly. Cause and I'm only half joking. I, me too though. Seriously. Right? Cause I mean, this is really exposed, like pulled back the, the sheet on the, the fragility of what we've created. I mean, yeah. I would never imagine in this day and age that it's like, you know what I mean? It's you, you hear about the Spanish flu. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. You yeah. know, they weren't prepared. And, yeah. and, but now it just, it's, I think that's, what's really fucked with a lot of people's heads. It's like, it doesn't seem like it can happen. This is a movie. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, speaking of that, ugh, this is like uh. sidebar, like a total sidebar, but also Take it anywhere you want. Oh my gosh. Um, Fucking Gwyneth Paltrow tweeted oh. this or something. Did you see this? She's like, which was, one? Oh god! Oh, it was like I've already been in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my! I couldn't roll my eyes far enough in the back of my head when I yeah. heard that. I was just like, you are disgusting because you're going to be okay because you're rich as fuck. You know, yeah. like you are not going to be affected the way most of the world is going to be affected by this. And one of my, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. What one of my hopes coming out of this is, I I hope more people really see celebrities for what they are as just they're entertainers because that I mean she's always annoyed. The whole goop thing really uh, gets on my nerves. Uh, right. That yeah, and yeah, that one threw it over the edge. And then I am so um, <laughs> the right word. I have an irrational uh, hatred for that. Imagine video compilation that like gal gadot and all those people did i don't know if you saw that i didn't see that oh man they did so they her and a bunch of celebrities got together and on their phones they each did a like a, a stanza from john lennon's imagine okay. so it was like gal gadot will ferrell okay. uh, just every hollywood a-lister okay and i'm like you know the audacity because you're locked up in your 54,000 square foot mansion right and i'm in a 10 meter by 10 meter room and i can't right. go outside I like to imagine you going away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was almost, I don't know the right word for it. It was just like a, a kick in the face. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the Gwen Paltrow. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. It's these people live in, in a bubble. Um, it's, it's a very exclusive 
tiny bubble. Um, right. And we give them that power because we follow their every move. So of I course know. they're just like, no, everyone wants to hear what I have to say. Um, yeah. I think that, and maybe I was thinking too, it's like, you know, it had been three days, you know, since they've had any attention. Right. You know? So it's just like, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, it's kind of <laughs> shitty to say, but I mean, that's, no. I mean, that's what drives you to be on screen is your yep. attention hog. Yeah. You know? And and I say that too, as somebody who probably is partially like that, I yeah. kind of think even a performer as a musician has a little bit of that, like, oh, listen yeah. to me. Sure, right. Sure. Would you admit? Absolutely. I could totally see that. Um, I mean, I guess it de- uh, for myself, there's, there is that element of like, oh, of course, any kind of positive attention is, is nice. Um, but I've never, I don't know, for myself, I've never really been one to necessarily seek it out on purpose. Like, hmm, I haven't done music in a while so (laughs) i'm gonna i don't know like throw on a live concert for people because whatever i have nothing else to do like i don't know for me i I think it's great that people do that um because what else are you going to do with your time but um i also find it uh i don't know if i like gratuitous it's just more like, hey, look at me, do my thing. Because isn't that what a lot of performance kind of is? It's like, hey, look at me and look what I think I'm so, doing. yeah. And I mean, yeah, and the difference is that thing that I'm looking at, does it have substance or not? Right, exactly. Yeah, I think, and so if you're dealing with art or you're dealing with good music or something like that, then right. it's an t- entirely different thing. But if... Yeah. You're dealing with Wonder Woman too. I and it just isn't that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, there's some. There is something about the performance <coughs> that's really infectious. Um, because when I look at any art form, I look to be moved. Um, Mm -hmm. whether that's like emotionally, well, it's usually an emotional sort of movement that I look for. Um, I look for the soul. Like if I don't feel the soul, then I lose interest pretty fast. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's just because I, I also have the attention span of a goldfish. So I'm like, <laughs> so like really, I find that hard to believe. You, you, I mean, you're well read. You, you oh, know, you think so? You have only, well, I mean, judging by your posts, I, oh, I would yeah. imagine. <laughs> um, no, no. Uh, I, I don't I know. I mean, we I, all kind of do now, don't we? I mean, the internet's really screwed up our oh, brains. Totally, totally, totally. If it doesn't, if it's like, I mean, even, I don't know, I don't know, but I don't know. I just, with re, like comparing a performance because you, with w- comparing, okay, sorry, rephrase. Comparing someone who just wants to be seen like those actors who just like, hey, look at me, uh, don't forget about me. Um, yeah. And someone who is just like, 
just needs to play music and wants to reach out to those that are genuine fans that are just like, oh, yay, you know. um, It's very, very different. I think that if I were to do that, it would be because um, I just, I want to reach out to the people that have uh, reached out to me because of the music, but because Mm -hmm. of, because they've found a connection in that music. And I've actually made a lot of close friends over, over Instagram with those who have seen some shows of ours. And really, yeah, yeah, actually like, um, there's this uh, person, Rachel in Toronto, uh, Lisa in the States, Constantine in the States. There's like a, a Jack, there's like a few people, um, in Europe as well. Um, that like we speak, on a semi-regular basis, like catch up and stuff. Um, uh, oh, there's Evan too. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, no, do your uh, shout outs. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, it would, if anything, it would be to be like, Hey, you guys, this is what I've been working on. And then just be like, Oh yeah. Or Oh no. Or I don't even know. I don't even know. I actually don't know. I haven't (laughs) even thought about doing a live performance. That's here. When we practice though, he's done some live videos. Um, and I only catch on that. He's doing that when I see the phone up. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, he doesn't give you the heads up. (laughs) Once I thought he was just like recording on the phone, but then I realized it was a live video and we were just jamming out this one part over and over and over again for like 45 minutes. And uh, then I saw it and I was like, oh, (laughs) not that. Was it like, it was like streaming it like Instagram or something? Yeah, yeah. It was the live stream. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. Um, And then there was a bunch of people that looked and I was like, oh, it just, it was sweet. and. But yeah, I don't know. That's, yeah, that is one thing that I miss about the tours is getting to see all the people that I've met on tours that we were going to to catch up with on these two yeah. tours, the European tour and the American tour. Um, a lot of musicians that we've toured with lately, we've fallen like head over heels for each other. Um, and it's like the one time I actually get to see them again is if we cross paths, paths on mm-hmm. tour, or if um, they happen to be in the neighborhood when we play or something to that effect. And uh, that to me, I think was the most heartbreaking about, <laughs> about the canceled. Sure. Tour. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh you develop these connections with these people that you might never see again in the flesh. It's really bizarre. Um, yeah. But you still have like an enormous amount of love or fondness or respect for them. And, um, yeah. I does that kind of speak to the bond of music to you? Like I mean, I, there is a bonding element. Oh yeah. It's just insane with yeah. music and, and performers. That is a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I agree. I agree. Um, there can be. <laughs> there can be. There are those True. that are just like <laughs> up in it for the acclamation and the fandom yeah. and the attention or whatever. But then you get those that are in it because of the other reasons. And 
that to me is the driving force that keeps me wanting to play music and touring Mm -hmm. um mostly but also because i can i'd be pretty content just writing music and recording it and then maybe putting on a local show here and there really i I was gonna ask when you were describing you know everything that goes into this process Mm -hmm. uh, with touring and everything i was kind of visualizing like a pie chart yeah. And I was wondering, like, how much of that for you is intertwined and what can you leave behind? Because, you know, for some people, it's like it's so all or nothing. It's like, well, if I can't perform, there's no point in making music. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they get so intertwined that they're not mutually exclusive. Right. Right. But you can exist without that other part, those other parts. I could. I think I could. Nice. Um, I think there is an element that I would miss to performing night after night on tour, for example, because um, not only do you get to connect with your bandmates on that level of like, or at least it's like this for us. um, When you know your set so well that you almost forget that you're playing and that it's just like you're, you know, and you're so in the moment and then you look up and it's like your bandmate and your other bandmate and you're like, what? And then you look out (laughs) and there's like people staring at you and you're like, what? And and they're hypnotized by what you're doing. And And then you remember where you are, wherever you are. And then, and then that's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Which is really it's almost cool. like the pinnacle of existence. I mean, yeah, you know, it's such a, like a, an amazing amount of connectedness. Oh, so much, so much. And especially when you, well, for me, it's like when we first started doing, going in the direction that we're, we went into with this band, what? <laughs> um, so what was, because I was, I didn't know that was the band because I had read that you guys started as kind of this folk. Yeah. Duo. And I was going to ask if we'd ever see those tapes, but no. there it is. No. <laughs> so then how do you transition into Feral Verdure? Right. Am I saying correctly? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Verdure or Verdure okay. in French. Verdure. Um, yeah. My French is terrible. So yeah, no worries. Uh, <laughs> that came about when, because um, I would play the acoustic guitar, the steel string acoustic guitar. And I hated mm-hmm. it because it was, uh, I learned on it and um, the guitars were too big for me and uncomfortable and I hated the string. Of super high action. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, this is, unco-. and it hurt, it hurt. And I didn't yeah. like it. And I've always, I, I noodled around with um, Matt Sears electric guitar and I was like, oh, I could probably play this <laughs> and actually pass in quotation marks as a guitar player and not like this like person crawling on <laughs> the thing. Um, so when uh, uh, Matsir broke the acoustic guitar, I was like, now's my chance to um, use the electric guitar because he had a bunch of gear from previous projects already and just being uh, okay. interested in in music he he just acquired a lot of stuff already at that point and um i borrowed um a friend's guitar and his equipment and then that kind of opened up everything and 
the concepts that he he uh, sort of implanted um, in my brain also uh, with regards to like minimalism and stuff like that uh, came to f- fruition because I was also a very inexperienced guitar player because I had just started learning basically um, mm-hmm. like a couple years or a year before started playing the electric guitar. And so I was still doing chords and he was teaching me weird chords and also basically um, kind of helped me realize that like, if it sounds interesting to my ears and slash not terrible, then I could basically work with that. So a lot of the things that I would do, I had no idea what the proper chord name would be, but it's technically uh, something. But um, uh, so being very amateur guitar player, I was just like, <laughs> my index finger on this string and my <laughs> middle finger on this string sound good together. And then I'd like yeah. fool around with, uh, um, uh, pedals and Matt Sears pedals. And he'd be like, try this. What if you try that? What if you try this? And I, and, uh, then eventually it took a few years, but we started to figure out, um, the direction that we wanted to pursue. Yeah. Um, what was there a, a, a any one moment? I mean, it's maybe it's kind of an odd question, mm-hmm. but for some people, there's like a distinctive turning point. Like mm-hmm. when it clicked, was there something, or was it just a very natural, organic? Yeah, flow. I think it was a natural, organic flow. I think with the next album or the album after one of those two albums. Uh, Odalar Ardor, I realized that uh, Big Brave had a sound. Um, and it, we couldn't name what that would be, but mm-hmm. I understood that uh, this, it was sort of like Big Brave was taking us into a diff like something it was like its own thing and when Mm -hmm. we were writing i tried to respect that um it it's kind of weird to it sounds weird but um because we could have gone in any direction after feral verger and then even after odala and then even after ardor um we could have gone way more doomy or way more cinematic post-rocky or way more straight up rock or anything really or even more ambient or droney um but there was something that there was we never quite did go in any one direction other than the direction Brave was taking us. I don't know how to explain it better <laughs> no, than that. I, I think that's like, that's perfect because yeah. what it kind of brings to mind to me is like, um, because I was I would wonder for you guys, and especially now, it's so weird to. I mean, music has so many genres, has all these subgenres and subgenres, and I feel like 
it would be difficult to try and start a band now, especially like you, what you guys are doing, because if you have something that's undefinable, it feels like the impulse then would be to try and define it from the outside identities, not where I would say like you guys, it seems like more of an internal thing. Like you were saying, it's like, because you guys fit in, you know, you people I talk to or you look on forums, it's like, no, they're post-rock. No, they're doom. No, they're sludge ambient post blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, everybody's yeah. trying to put this yeah, post-modern spin on right. it. So it seems like to me, there would be kind of these temptations to be like, hey, maybe we should take this in a more uh, mm-hmm. doomy mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. No. But was there yeah. any of that? It was just no. do yeah. your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every song was its own thing. Um, uh-huh. And it would go into a direction and one of us would hear it in a way that like we were able to have sort of perspective while writing being like, no, this is, this isn't, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't sound right. So we would pare it down or scrap it completely or restart or just take certain elements and then build on that and then take away and then build. Um, there, there were always, there were, I think, uh, my, my sort of perspective was different than Matsir's, for example, like he's, he's more of the primary songwriter, but it's, it is both of us. Um, mm-hmm. we like, he, now it's very much different, like, but before, um, he would come up with these parts or I would come up with these parts and then we would just kind of make it work and figure it out. We had no idea what we were doing, but once we settled on, on a consensus of, of whether or not this felt right or it was complete or whatever, then we would keep it and then move on to the next one. But now it's the same thing, but things are more clearer. Before we, we knew that we just knew what concepts we wanted to work on. We had zero um, uh, want or need to work on a genre. It was mm-hmm. more conceptual than anything. Um, now with the diff the i feel like each album is a bit of a different direction than the previous one um now i feel like it's clearer uh i understand better where where this can go and what we can do and it's super super challenging every time um we write a new song um I feel, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that challenging in what way. Like, yeah, it makes it makes perfect sense. But what are what are the challenges? Well, because each song is one chord, it can get really repetitive and boring. Writing, Um, um, we it it's kind of easy to fall into a formula, um, you know with regards to a song structure. Um, and I find that when we write, we tend to 
fall into that. And Mm -hmm. I do a lot of like, no, we've done this before. We can figure something else out. Or what if we try this in this way or something to that effect? Um, And uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard because I do one thing pretty much every song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, know? then you sing. And then, I, yeah, right. I sing. But <laughs> on the guitar, it's, it's all about keeping rhythm or helping the rhythm and the low end while finding interesting uh, tones and sounds, doing the one thing that I do throughout each song. Um, and then for Metzier, the challenge is figuring out what to do, um, being the technically lead guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah. And then finding melody in that, like, how do you sing over that? I could do so many things, but what does the song need? Right. Yeah, that's what I wanted to really ask. And I know that's probably a difficult one, like how you approach creating melodies, because it in in a normal structure of, you know, whatever, you have three chords, four chords, whatever, it really makes the melody a little bit easier, yeah. right? Because you're picking the three notes within each chord or whatever. Yeah. When you have one chord yeah. going through and then, then essential, I mean, a lot of it sounds like soundscape underneath. Yeah. How do you approach that? Um. Each song, I I think I have a similar approach with each song, and that is usually the the music is written prime like a big chunk of the music is written first, then mm-hmm. then I ask the band to repeat a lot of the parts over and over and over again, so I can hear it. Um, Mm. and suss it out, basically figuring out where I could go, what notes I could potentially use, what would come across in terms of, uh, texture and volume. Um, do I sing quietly, softly, um, more aggressively, louder, uh, or what? Um, I'm also still exploring what my vocals can do. So there's surprises. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like when I'm, for for example, when when we're uh, uh, practicing this one part over and over again, repeating it for me to find a melody or find something. I'm also at the same time doing some weird shit with my vocals. Like I'm fine. I'm actually in the moment trying to find the melody, like when, uh, uh, and trying to project and then some yeah. weird things happen and interesting things happen and surprises. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can understand. Do you approach any of it in the same way, maybe that you approach guitar? Cause when I listen to the vocals and especially as the album albums progressed, like, I think the easy way to describe it is sometimes they they seem more chanting or like there's elements of like druid chanting almost or things like that. But I think at a base level, I would say they 
feel more textural yeah. almost like the music yeah. does not like you're like sitting there going like maybe in the shower you're like hey i got this melody but right. it's more about like how um i think i read before how you described your music it's very use a lot of visual descriptions almost like you like people would in paintings like uh, minimalism tension yeah. space yeah so are you is it more like that yeah Absolutely. Sense? Okay. Spot on. Um, it really, yeah, both the vocals and guitar, at least for me, it's what, it, 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 it's, it's exactly that. It's what I can, what can I do to, it's, it's, it's actually just, it's like testing out mediums with oil. Um, like what mm-hmm. kind of, textures I can do or tools I can use to like how thick, how thin, how, how thick, viscous. How thin. Yeah. Um, so that's where a lot of the surprises come in. Where like they're they're yeah. they're happy surprises because I'm I'm literally just kind of so they maybe think around. of Bob Ross like happy accidents. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a happy accident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh and then maybe I'll just do a little wisp right there and then oh that's ah crazy. you're a fan oh yeah nice. <laughs> i i grew up on bob ross with my grandma <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah. <laughs> so there's a little bob ross in the music yes yeah. <laughs> minus the afro of course my yeah well that's yeah. a beautiful afro oh, yeah. but then how um because another thing i found interesting is and after watching because unfortunately i've never seen you live mm. um so I've, it's just things that i've watched online mm-hmm. and I feel like the I know early on, like I think I started listening to you guys. It, it's only about two years ago, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like in the live performances, you as a viewer, you expect this to go in like a really noisy direction. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I remember the first time seeing it, like thinking, "Oh, I'm maybe there's like some Sonic Youth going to happen or right. something." Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's weird that you. Oh, I'm sorry. What'd you say? No. Oh, I just said. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay, but. What I liked and really fascinated me is you guys achieve these textures. I don't know how to word this. I don't want to say like in an intentional way because Sonic Youth or bands like that, it's more this, um, it's like spontaneous mm-hmm. improvisational noise. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, for instance, like what I'm getting at is I, I remember seeing um, a clip of you playing and I think it's LOL mm-hmm. where you're doing like swells. Mm-hmm. Or something mm-hmm. is that what you're doing? Like it's I don't know if it's the volume switch because are you playing a jazz master? Uh, Jaguar. Jaguar. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. And th- you like there's a strum, and uh-huh. then I see switching yeah. things. So you have this very intentional approach. Like they're written parts. You're not just right. Yeah. Creating noise. Yeah. Like how? I mean, I'm sorry to ask these questions of like how do you do that? How oh, did you come yeah. up? With? No, it's great. <laughs> but it's not. It's not the how do you do? It, but it's like what was the mindset? that got you to doing that as you're playing like oh i'm searching for something i'm it's um it's really about spending the time in the practice space because keep in mind i am technically terrible at playing the guitar so (laughs) i screw around I disagree oh thank you <laughs> but like but with regards to actual technical ability um I see yeah, yeah um but I I personally just end up 
do like a lot of things are accidents that end up being happy accidents. Um, Mm -hmm. so the toggle switch, the on off, um, for the, the particular pickup setup thing that I have on my guitar, um, that I do in lull, um, I had done that before. Um, but it was an, an accident and then we applied it into the, the, well, it wasn't an accident. I was just literally fucking around. And I was like, oh, look at that. Oh, that's cool. And the master was like, hey, whoa, cool. And then like I started doing it to uh, a rhythm and we're like, can we use this? Let's try. And then we did. Um, and then from there, it's like, well, how else can you use that um, mm-hmm. and make it sound interesting? Because for Lull, when I come in, when I, I strum, and then switch on and that in combination with the pedals that I have in their settings and my position w- in relation to the, the guitar amp and cab will determine what comes out. Um, mm-hmm. So Recording sounds very different than the live performance, and each live performance is slightly different than the other one. But I do try my best to get a similar effect. Um, doesn't have to be precise, but it does have to be similar. And because of that, it swells in. It's like it's almost a punch swell in, mm-hmm. and then it trails off. Um, and I'm while the trail diminishes, I'm able to turn off that switch and then do it again. And um, it, uh, yeah, it had that effect. But that was that sounds pretty technical to me. Oh yeah, I think good technique. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that's okay. not wrong. I mean, I, I see wrong. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um, so then is a lot of how you, cause another thing I wondered is, um, in watching the live performances too, is I was wondering that cause I, what I also find interesting in how you guys approach is that you're in working with feedback and working with noises, you have to know your proximity yeah. to your gear. So you're using it in a double way as amplification and as sound production. It's yes. so in a sense, like you're almost choreographed per song, right? Is that how you have to approach it a little bit on stage? You like- are not wrong. No, absolutely. Okay. There is, um, I, for certain, I have to know like every, oh, it's such a pain um, with, with sound check and comparing sound check oh, to, to, to the actual performance. Um, I might have the position down on sound check, but of course the sound is going to change come the live performance because the room changes because of the people and <coughs> so on and so forth. Wow. And even the temperature of the room. Yeah. And so there's a gamble. Um, each time I'm like, okay, here comes this feedback part that I know <laughs> in sound check worked, but it might not work. And half the time it doesn't work. And half the time it sounds terrible. But then eventually I find my position and it's a different position than in sound check, but I always am prepared for that at least. So yeah, there is an element of choreography actually. Um, 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 
with Matsir too, it's the same thing. Like his amps need to be in a very particular position in relation to his guitar. Um, like uh, if we play out of for if we play out of our orange amps and cabs, like a two twelve, um, they can't be on the floor. They have to be propped up, and if they're propped up, they have to be at a certain level. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Magnets, and you got to be able to. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of imagine like if you guys played like something big, like Ozfest, you would have to be in, all in this small little yes. <laughs> pocket in the middle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We played some large stages, and when we because uh, one of our first tours was with Sun, they invited us, which blew our fucking oh, that's mind. amazing! Yeah, that's so cool. That. Yeah, so and that eventually led to you guys being on Southern Lord, yes, right? Yes. Okay. Um, they, uh, yeah, so they play some crazy beautiful places, and the stages were ranged from very small to very big, and being uh, novices at or rookies at live performances then um, we tried to, we took up the stage and we realized pretty quickly after the first like one or two performances on a larger stage that we as a band to get our, our at like the all the optimal sort of sound and dynamic, we need to kind of take up, the middle of the stage um and mm. almost look huddled <laughs> <laughs> like we're huddling um yeah yeah um because it helps with the connection that we have with each other like uh the 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 dynamics that we have with each other we when we're too far apart we're so disconnected it feels foreign and um we lose concentration really easily um we need to we need to be closer together, but then also sonically, we need to be closer together as well. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's it's actually kind of funny to to see us on a large stage. We're just in we're just in the middle, and we're a three piece too, right? So it's just like barely yeah. a triangle. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I remember that. I think the first performance that I live one that i saw was um i think maybe it was like the kexp one. Oh yeah 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 which was great it sounded great yeah. and you know then you get the idea of that oh i mean maybe it's the room while you have this huddle effect and then the more performances i saw i don't like, know oh, they're always huddling like yeah, that. yeah 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 much prefer it much prefer it um yeah yeah because it's also a way to uh feed off of each other because if one of us is having if one of us is is kind of like lost or whatever, because we are close in proximity, we're actually able to pick up on that and help each other or nice. ask for it. Or um, I'm at the top of my head, that's what I can think of. But there are other reasons too. It just, it feels better as well. Um, especially because we're all super close uh, outside of the band it's um it just it just works for us yeah the dynamics yeah. the the connection yeah. yeah do you ever um i I remember an, it's another thing i read uh with some of i don't know if it was influences but you cited uh liking um jillian welch mm-hmm. or gillian mm-hmm. well, I, know, I don't and, know either uh, what is it yeah i don't know either <laughs> i remember she's one of my favorites yeah. forever 
but I remember one time um, I saw them perform and it was like the, I think it was the time, uh, time, the revelator tour. Oh, wow. And they did a rendition of time, the revelator that was near 20 minutes. Wow. It was, and it was so unexpected. And, and to this day, I don't know how much of it was planned because it felt, had an improvisational feel yeah. to it. There's a lot, David Rawlings was doing a lot longer solos. Right. There was extra verses that wow. were added. And so I, I don't know why, like I, I read that, thought of that. And then I thought in the way you guys structure and play, do you ever have like in the moment, do you leave, do you have any songs that are left open for that? Yeah. From imp improvising or really? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. if, uh, more specifically parts and songs. Um, oh, okay. yeah, uh, there are, I mean, I can't, I can't think of them right now, but usually each song has one or two parts that we can, um, feel out, uh, we can shorten or extend, um, and noodle, uh, yeah. Yeah, but definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Noodle. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I can't believe you saw that. That oh Yeah, it, that it and to this day of all the shows I've ever seen, that one it like I would probably have to put it in like my top oh, five oh, because right. everything was on point. Like her vocals were great. His playing was phenomenal. Right. And then I'm watching the song, then all of a sudden you're like, I don't remember that verse. Mm. And it just went on and on ah. and on. And it was like it was one of those magical moments you see live. I'm so And I only jealous. seen him do it the one time. Right. I saw her play three or four times. And it was okay. just that one time. And I I I wonder too, and what made me think of that is because it was when they were at their peak, and I, I it might have been at the Warfield in San Francisco. It was one of the biggest venues they had played at the time. Okay. So it kind of felt like it was this like, man, we're in the biggest place we've ever played. Let's, you know, just blow minds. Yeah. There's this really intense feeling. It was amazing. Wow. Wow. And it was just the uh, two of them? Um, no, they had uh, they had a pedal steel player. They had some minor percussion for some songs. Okay. But uh, a good portion of it was just the two of them. Wow. It was amazing. Wow. And I don't know if you've been to the Warfield in San Francisco. No. It's, was it the Warfield or the Fillmore? Shit, maybe it was the Fillmore. Yeah, it was the Fillmore. Oh, yeah, My I've God, been there. The but yeah, it's a big venue. I mean, for Dude. a two-piece, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, didn't you, speaking of San Francisco, yeah. did you guys tour... Last summer, were you in San Francisco in August? I think so. Yes, I think you were because yeah. you played at Bimbo's probably right before they closed. I think it was Bimbo's. I only asked because a friend of mine, um, he said it was one of the best shows he'd seen that really? year. You got, yeah, 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 yeah. He was super stoked on it, oh, and I was bummed because that was right when I left. Oh, I to Paris. Oh. It was in August. It's like, what they fucking played? <laughs> Dude, it was the best show I'd seen in a long time. Oh. Of course. I don't remember bimbos. Bimbos. I'm pretty sure he said bimbos. I mean, there's so many. Uh, was yeah. so many clubs. Yeah, the, I'm yeah. also terrible at remembering the names of the places. Well, you play so many. Yeah, but I can remember yeah, like if if there's like a visual cue, if someone's like, "Yeah, that place, oh, okay. it had the thing and over there with the color or whatever," then I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, I remember now." <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. So I explained it and I felt terrible that I stopped buying albums, hard copies. I only right. do digital now. Yeah. It's like doing the minimal thing. Right. So I didn't understand. You'd send over and thank you again for sending lyrics. Oh, yeah, of course. But you have liner note yeah. lyrics that yeah. seem more like a poem. Yeah. 
and then you have song lyrics. Yeah. What's the difference between them? So um, with all the lyrics that I have written for every single song are born out of just me writing for the need to write words. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're not necessarily journal entries. They're not necessarily short stories. They're not necessarily poems. They're just, it's just me needing to write. And then it comes out the way it comes out. And then sometimes I edit it and make it into um, something a little more coherent. And uh, I use those writings. I base the lyrics out of those writings. And then for this particular album is the first time that I've ever included lyrics. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, Why is that? Uh, really, it was out of a sense of insecurity um, with wording. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah. I was going to ask what you what is the most vulnerable part to you in all the process. So you would say it's the lyric. Yeah, I would say so because though they are vague enough, they are. So still pretty personal um Mm -hmm. like writing well like like visual arts for example like painting and drawing for example um writing is pretty exposing um Mm -hmm. and puts the puts the author uh or artist um in a vulnerable position very vulnerable, mm-hmm. more vulnerable than music because music there is a, it's not, it's just different. Um, it's like a yes or no, or kind of, whereas with, I feel like writing and visual arts, it's more complicated than that. Uh, yeah. So it, it was like, if I'm going to be honest, it's, it, I never included them because I didn't think they were even coherent. Like I just had no perspective on whether or not people would understand them or get them or because mm-hmm. if you read lyrics from and like there's very few lyricists that i know of that where the their lyrics can stand on their own um okay. like gillian or jillian welsh's lyrics they could be their own writing um bob mm-hmm. dylan obvi um oh, man, yeah. yeah uh i'm thinking i i know of others but i can't think of them right now but then you take like a band as prolific as Fugazi, for example, and you separate their lyrics. And <laughs> there were times where Go ahead, I say would it. giggle out of <laughs> out of like, yeah. oh, really? But then because it, it becomes um that was interesting to me because it's not just what they're saying, it's it's the delivery, right? Um so so you can't necessarily separate their words from their delivery um, because if you do, it doesn't necessarily 
come across the way they may intend it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they are just, they, it, it, they need each other. They're dependent on each mm-hmm. other. Um, um, uh, so that to me was very, very interesting. And I always wanted, I wanted to get to a point where I felt like the lyrics or the words could stand on their own. They didn't need the music to help them um, be understood um, or come across the way I need them to come across. Because being a visual artist and being a Virgo, I have perfection issues. (laughs) 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 Um, So, yeah, so there there was that element. Um, And then I realized, like, I actually don't have to include the lyrics verbatim i can i can actually just use the pieces of writing that they're based from and the 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 people that buy these albums or this album will be able to put two and two together and and figure out that like this is the context in which the lyrics need to be read and taken um because they're basically simplified versions. The lyrics that I sing are simplified versions of the pieces of writing. Okay. That makes perfect okay. sense. No, it makes absolute sense. I, and I find it really fascinating. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, it is. I think it, it is really... Because, I mean, it begs a few questions, because then I wonder, did that affect your vocal styling? Did you try... Maybe you were hiding words a little bit. Like, how does that ease the vulnerability of singing? Because I feel like I've never been a singer but man, I'd rather put them out in writing than stand up on stage and sing them out. Like right. that just makes my heart explode yeah. with anxiety. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't for you. You're able to get up and sing them, but you don't want them printed. Yeah. No, and no. were they, um, was um, A Gaze Among Them, um, was that the first time that anything was printed in general? Like you didn't even have them printed as like, quote unquote, like poems before? Yeah, no, no. First time. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, with that though, be, uh, I want to point on what you said, like going on stage to sing them is anxiety inducing. Absolutely. So I had a bit of a loophole because of my approach to singing was more textural. Um, I was able, I, I like I realized like, oh, I also don't have to necessarily enunciate every single word. I can use the, use the sort of uh, basic, how do you say, phonetics of the word to, to help the melody and the texture of the vocals. So I wouldn't enunciate. I would kind of, in well, like speaking terms, mumble them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's, you're just relying on the sound. Yes. Yeah. In, in a way. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, whereas now I think it's a bit different because I'm more confident in what I am saying. It's, it's now it, yeah. obviously that means you feel you've, you've, become better as a writer but what 
what changed in the process besides just becoming a little bit better for whatever that means? Were you pulling from different sources? Because I mean, there's a, a lot of reasons, right, to be weary of your art. Mm-hmm. You may think it's amateurish, or you may not think you're pulling from a a, a solid place. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I would sum it up in like there was there were very I felt very strong statements, yeah. and very mm-hmm. that were both personal but. Mm-hmm not personal at the same time, mm-hmm. meaning that it, it affects other, like, yeah. for instance, um, you know, just even the title, like it has this, you know, like speaking upon being objectified mm-hmm. or, you know, things like, am I making sense? Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. totally, totally, not, completely. Absolutely. Okay, you answer, you talk. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, the, they are vague enough that they can come across within a gaze among them. They can come across as statements um, or something very, very personal. Um, I think one of the things that has changed is my sense of self (laughs) Um, as cheesy as this, sounds i guess um no okay um uh my like not just sense of self but um the the confidence my confidence levels have changed um i am not as uncertain about uh how, how i navigate how i want to navigate how i choose to navigate the world in this body i i'm very uh how do i say that what how, oh. it's it's a um a sense of um just it's not confidence. It's not insecurity. It's just an understanding um, and a comfort. And so, yeah, I guess a certain, no, no confidence. It doesn't have to do with confidence. It has to do with um, um, feeling okay in this body navigating mm-hmm. the world the way i choose and being okay with that not just feel like feeling and being okay with that um has changed because before it was just i was riddled with insecurity and like a lot of people um just i was in awe of anyone confidently pursuing anything or doing anything and just like going for it. Um, I, uh, I grew up as a very, very shy person. I had a really shitty ish upbringing. Um, not very great bullied all 
all that great stuff that a lot of people go through. Um, mm-hmm. All of that stuff. So my sense of self was just non-existent. I just felt like a piece of shit all the time. Um, and, you know, that fed into anxiety and stress. And now I have, having gone through an incredible amount of therapy and spending an incredible amount of money doing intensive therapy over the last three years. Um, I have a better understanding of my sense of self, my, of me, um, as simple as that is. And, I know what you're trying. Yeah, yeah. It, it's weird because it's such a, a life changing thing. But you, you, there seems there's, there should be better words. Yeah, right. But it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is it's it is a very simple explanation. Yeah, yeah. It's really just about that, and um, also. Do you, oh okay, no! Yeah, on. just quickly. Also, not caring about as much <laughs> about yeah, what yeah. people think of me. Um, realizing like, no, wait, I actually have a tight network of people that see me, not just understand me, but see me who love me unconditionally, literally. Um, and that's all I need. I don't need the world to love me and I'm okay with that. And I'm, you know, like everybody, uh, people there are too many people in the world. Everyone's going to hate someone. I yeah. could be, I could be. You can't please everybody. No, like you could be a saint. Someone's going to hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially like, nowadays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's just being okay with that. Yeah. I mean, and that's tough. I, I think, and, and I don't know if you agree. I mean, just not as a musician, but as an artist. And I feel in a way, maybe if, you know, with you, you have your art you're a, a vocalist a writer and a musician it's a lot to to put out there yeah yeah it can be eh? yeah well it's it's very very present when i'm recording i'm just like oh god this yeah. is now this is this is permanent <laughs> <laughs> that's why you gotta get the good take yeah oh god i'm terrible at recording i'm no good at it oh, yeah. I, do you do is there a huge anxiety for i would imagine because I mean, just doing an art show is is anxious enough, oh, God, but to yeah. to for you putting out a record, I mean, what's it like on that release day for you? Because your your words are on there, oh, yeah. you've spent this time writing, and all people don't understand the recording process. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I guess maybe I compartmentalize. I think I'm not like Metsu's really. He's like very anxious about it and worried and he's just like mm. oh no oh no like when we send it to greg or on on our label um and uh, he hasn't like if he doesn't respond right away poor Metsir is like do you think he hates oh, it man. do you think he hates it and i'm like he's probably busy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. he probably wants to spend uh, time and you know um, i can understand though yeah, yeah but i I think I choose not to think about it because I just, I understand that there's going to be a huge amount of people that are just not going to like it. And what can you do? This is very particular music. 
I mean, right. Yeah. Well, and for you too, what about in, in the last record Mm -hmm. you did the cover art? Mm -hmm. So then you had that on top. Was that, and I thought, I I love the cover art and I love the direction that you chose because it, it, I mean, it's just, it's so different to use such a high key, like so much white. Yeah. When previously they, I mean, the albums almost got darker and darker, yeah. which were great. Yeah. I mean, they're beautiful album covers. But I remember seeing the new one and I was like, oh man, this is going to be a change of direction, I think. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And then after, t- it took like, I mean, the record was that amazing. It was my favorite record of that year. Oh, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. I made it. <laughs> um, but it, it, of course, off the bat, at listening to it is like, okay, great record. But it took a couple listens for me until I was like, Oh, the cover makes sense. Uh, yeah. It completely fits. Yeah. So what was there? I mean, was that an added level of vulnerability to you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, yeah. technically, it's a blob of color. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a whole lineage of art out there that's just a blob of color. <laughs> there's some white canvas. You know, too. yeah. So I'm just like, oh, you know, that's now out there. But record covers are different. Yeah. Though. I think the context, it, it's that's, and that was another thing I found interesting because then I don't know if you posted it on social media or if I saw it in another article, just the art itself. Mm-hmm. There's something beautiful about the context of album covers. They're such a unique type of art. I agree. I absolutely you know? agree. So I miss vinyl so much. Uh, it, it, yeah. It's just, ah, yeah. oh, it's the best. Yeah, it really is, though, especially because of it being an object already, right? It's it's mm-hmm. less of, like, very, very different from CDs and even tapes. I feel like tapes are more of an object than CDs, for example. Um, but vinyl in of itself is, you can almost say art, you know, like it has art in it. Yeah. It carries art. You listen to the art, but the as an object, it's, you have to interact with it in a way that you don't necessarily, that's why I think maybe tapes are kind of similar, but because they're small, you don't have the same relationship you may have with it with vinyl, for example, because it's a larger format. You have to be careful with it. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and I feel almost to it, it in a, on an abstract level, it's your basic shapes and you have this square, you have this square. and then you take out this circle yeah. and they're perfect. It's a perfect square and a perfect circle. Yep. And they're just something so like platonically 1, beautiful about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And really satisfying. And that's also what makes the art really interesting, too, because of that perfect square. Right. When you look at um, I feel like there's something really satisfying about. Like, you know, having things in rectangles, having images in, uh, I'm trying to, I'm like looking in my apartment, <laughs> like, hmm, like this image over here that you can't see. Like, yeah, of course it yeah. makes sense, but it's like that. But, but uh, this, it's like more formal, I don't know, or, or more, mm-hmm. um, I'm looking at my records. I'm just like, what is, what is it? No, it's very, you're very, I can't find the words, but you know, you're it's right. symmetrical. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, the symmetrical, the balance. It, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's in a different format. Yeah. Um, and I re- man, see, it's already time. Holy is just about shit. up for you. 
I know it goes on so fast sometimes. Um, so just real quickly, yeah. if we can touch on your art and then maybe, maybe sometime in the future, you come on again. Yeah, and talk no, about I would love art. to. Absolutely. I would, really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> that would be amazing because yeah. I really want to go in depth with it because I, it, it was a little, I mean, it was probably like a year after I started listening to you and, and it didn't even click with the album cover that you have this whole other side of you as an artist mm-hmm. until I started actually reading more. Mm-hmm. And then I found your website one night and I was like, what? This <laughs> great art. You went to school for yeah. art. You, you studied illustration first. And something I, I found interesting too is what did you, you said that you, you left it because it took the instinct. Yeah. Yeah. It, it. The, um, it was way too structured and sterile um, or, and or static or both. Um, it, it took, it just drained me of any kind of like creative gusto or I don't know for the lack of a better word, like uh, it just, it, cause it was so technical. I, I became, I stopped drawing for five years after that. Wow. Yeah. That's I even dropped out of illustration after a year and a half. It right. was a and year then year. you, you went to a fine art after yeah. that, right? Yeah, I went okay. to, because I spoke to one of the profs in the illustration and design program that I was in, my favorite one. And it was tech, it was actually a fine arts drawing class. And okay. um, I spoke to him and I'm like, I'm having trouble here. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to do this. And I was looking to him for not just advice, but for encouragement. And he didn't give me any encouragement. He just said, <laughs> you should maybe go into fine arts then. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I always feel that's demeaning to the fine arts. I, 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 I've encountered that so many yeah. times. Like, oh, maybe you're a fine artist. Then. Like, yeah. what are you fucking saying? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just like, but it was a better fit. But way you. better uh, because the, the teaching approaches varied so much and were really interesting. At least the, some of the props that I had in, in painting and drawing were, um, some of them were very interesting. Others were just whatever but um like one taught us about the sort of physicality of painting for example or just taking your instrument and making a mark and what that means in your body and how how your body can also be a part of it it doesn't have to be this like very small eye to hand brain to you know like coordination thing and like um it can also be about the physicality and what I was producing, um, the work that I was producing in those years um, had a lot to do with sex, which is very physical. And mm-hmm. um, so that kind of worked really, really well. Um, and then also just having these projects um, around a like, producing these, these these works around a concept was really fun and and interesting it wasn't like here draw this uh draw this ad for this thing <laughs> yeah yeah it was completely yeah. Yeah, uninteresting uh, and yeah and it's and like if it wasn't almost. technically correct in illustration design like you fail or you didn't fail you can't fail but it was you, you'd get a poor mark and it's also so fucking subjective and yeah. yeah, grading oh, yeah, art. Totally. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there a correlation for you between? 
I, playing music, a conscious one? Conscious one? No. no, I think it was just because I cut my teeth in visual, like in, in going to, going to art school. So okay. I ended up approaching music much the same way. I think also because the first person that I ever really played music with was Mathieu and he came from wow. also an art background, photography and sound design, uh, sound, sound and sound design, sound, sound design. Okay. I, uh, yeah. Uh, Anyway, there's a sound program, this really interesting sound program at Concordia, the school that we went to, um, that he he was also doing. Um, so I think because I don't know if his approach is much like that, but because we were he he talked to me a lot about the concepts he wanted to work on musically. I mean, I took that and ran. That was language I could understand. Um, mm-hmm. I and and apply um especially because like uh i started off drawing and then when i started painting i only started painting when i um actually painting the first painting i ever did was in university in painting and drawing and i was so nervous okay. about oils hmm? oils, was yeah. oils oils yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you were so nervous. Oh yeah, I was so nervous uh, that when it came time to show the prof my first painting, I was like dry heaving in the bathroom. Oh man! Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, that speaks to the vulnerability of you know. Yeah. And but um. Um, I didn't know what I was doing with painting. I just, it was all instinctual. And he was just like, paint a thing. You need a shallow, um, what was it? A shallow uh, still life. And without, and then I didn't, I think I didn't even quite understand what he said. Um, And I just did it. And he like looked at my thing and then looked at me and then looked at it. And he's like, you did this? And I'm like, Oh no! Yes, I did. What's wrong with it? And like, yeah, he like yeah. actually had to talk to me after. Like, have you painted before? Like, you have this like natural instinct for composition and this. Oh, and so it was good. Yeah, it was, was a good mark. Ended up being oh, super wow. positive. Um, yeah. but it was. It's much. Start playing the guitar was much of the same. Like I had, Matsir sort of guiding me, but um, me also. Just being like, uh. I think this sounds good or, and then it became more instinctual as I got more confident. I don't think I answered your question. I think you did. Okay. (laughs) But the tangents are the best. That's where you get the, I think so. Well, that's how I try to do that. I I prefer conversation over formal questioning. I think it's better. Um, But uh, then how, because I find it interesting that you go from that and then most of the art that I've seen now, it seems you've, well, I guess the similarity is it's very, the stuff that you're doing, like the pen and ink is, is in very minimal. Um, of course there's no color. So there's that. And, and then even the way you approach shading, there's just very little to it, but it, it seems more technical. Yeah. Very technical. And um, so how did that come? how do you come back to that after? After the fine arts? Not liking after it. After not liking it. I think it, <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it was actually the need to, I needed to do it um, okay. because I grew up drawing. Um, 
I think my mom remembers me drawing the moment she put like a crayon in and then I wouldn't stop. And she had to like find things for me to draw on and draw with. Um, And then um, I think the break that I had, like not drawing for five years and then going into painting and drawing uh, the fine arts program at Concordia um, kind of opened up new avenues and helped me feel better about, excuse me, visual arts. But then after that, I realized that painting and drawing is actually more of a hobby for me. I it's It's more of a need. It's like I can only paint and draw when I have when I feel the need like spilling out of me, basically. Um, I do. I remember reading, uh, I think it was a quote from you where, uh, and I have a little bit, was it's like you said it there when you, you were comparing uh, writing and music and you said they're very different compulsions. Yes. Yes. Very different. And I thought that was great. And actually, if you don't mind, I I, I wanted to kind of ask about, because your wording was really great with it. Cause you said it's a very different kind of compulsion. Um, and then you said it's a different kind of exertion yeah. and perhaps love. Yeah. And I f- felt like the choosing of those words are very d- succinct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, because, yeah. Uh, I remember when, I remember choosing those words specifically. Like I spent a lot of time just thinking ab- about each word and the m- many different words I could have used to describe my need to <laughs> do yeah. this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's not necessarily out of love. There are elements of joy and love that I have with both both music and visual arts. But yeah, the compulsion is very different because the the end result is very different. Um, the formats, well, obviously are very different, but they're, I guess, because they're under the creative umbrella, you know, a lot of people think um, that, you know, drawing and painting would be similar to even writing or playing music, but Mm-hmm. it's it's really something different it's i mean you're using different sense senses right painting and drawing is visual um sculpting mm-hmm. is can be more tactile but we're not allowed touching fucking art so right, which, right. you know um uh but music comes in through the ears um and I feel has more of a connection to the heart and soul than stuff that comes through the eyes. I feel mm-hmm. like the eyes are more connected to the brain than they are. I don't, I don't know. This is me. Oh, just, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, maybe. But this is me also just saying shit at the top of my head. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's good. No, it, it makes perfect sense. And one thing I really like though, is how you still, or I find interesting is that you, you still say both are compulsion. They're just yeah. different. Yeah. But, um, to say just that it's a compulsion yeah. in general, like you're still, com- 
this inner drive thing yeah, to do it. Absolutely. I could not not do uh, uh, any, either of them. Um, especially yeah. when, once I started like playing guitar was one thing, but then when I started singing, I was like, holy shit, this is <laughs> so different. It's such a different release. Yeah. It's, and I cannot not do it now. Um, um, once I realized the catharsis that you can feel um, and the, the release and the strength almost and, or the vulnerability, like the, the whole spectrum of, of what you can do vocally um, is, and like how you can, uh, it's just, it's just so different. Um, and the, and I find myself like withdrawing and painting, like, oh, I need to go to the practice space and, and sing and play the guitar because I, it's like, uh, it's, yeah, it's a compulsion. It's like, okay, now I need to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost like vomiting. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know if yeah, you ever I got get, a puke. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it, it needs to come out. It does. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen something where you're like, holy fuck, that's spitting paint at me. Like you want to paint it or you want it yeah. or you want, I don't know if you've ever gotten this thing where like some paintings or drawings make you want to eat it. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Then go. Yeah. I took a dance there. I'm like, okay, yeah. yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this sounds really weird, Robin, but it's coming out of your face anyway. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, definitely this very different urge, to put it simply, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then now um, I saw that you guys are doing an EP. Oh, no. Um, we're going to no, do another album. No, yeah. The, the, I wasn't specific on that post. It was, um, uh, because we found two test pressings of Feral Verger, our old EP, uh -huh. um, before we got, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but you, are you, you're doing the album more? Yeah. I, what we're that, doing is, um, nice. I'm going to do two original covers and, uh, -huh. uh like, you know, it's not going to be a print of, it's going to be the original pieces that will be included with the test pressing. Um, and we're going to sell those two for whoever wants oh, to Oh, okay. Them. You're, oh, I yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. No, I completely no. went over my head. The, no. the, yeah. the actual artwork yeah. is going to be in, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, what better way to have them kind of have their own stamp, their own mark, yeah. you know? Yeah. To, what brought that about? And because I, I also noticed, I mean, I would assume some of it is um, our self-isolation that yeah. now mandated upon us, yeah. but it seems like you're doing more artwork. Yeah. You're doing more drawing. I actually am. And, um, I think it. And they're beautiful, by the way. I, I want to say like the, the stuff that you're, um, the one that's to be included with the record. It's a beautiful drawing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm. I'm surprised no. by it. I'm like, wow, it's been a while <laughs> since I've like done a full thing. So I, it's, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. I think it's also because I don't have 
yeah, it's the self-isolation thing that's sort of mandated. But also Metzger had the idea of like, we are so broke. And just like, if there's someone that would buy these two things or two people that would buy these two things for whatever kind of money that could help us like uh, squash some of our debt a little mm-hmm. with it probably won't make a dent but it would anything helps right um yeah. like maybe that can help uh our uh our debt and so what what's the plan are you are you auctioning those or are you just putting up at a lump price i think we'll auction them um okay. i still feel yeah, weird yeah, about yeah. it because like a lot of people are strapped for cash so i i have a i'm struggling with feeling okay about that totally but I also know that there are a lot of people that still have jobs. Um, yeah. And, and there's a lot of people that want to spend the money to support. Exactly. Like for instance, yeah. really quick, the, um, a couple of friends of mine with a bunch of other people started this Montreal restaurant workers relief fund. And okay, I was I like, that, yeah. who's gonna, like everyone is strapped for cash. Who's gonna donate. And then they ended up, raising like in a day $12,000 or something like that. I couldn't believe it. It blew my mind. And I was like, people really do want to help. And Mm -hmm. I hope that there's someone that still like someone that likes us that still has some disposable. Of course there is. What are you talking about? want to help us. <laughs> of course. And I don't even think it's that. It, 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 I, I understand we're talking because I, I recently did something like that too. And it, 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 that mind frame of help us, I think is like maybe where, I know for me, that was where the mistake is. Right. It, it's, there's a lot of people that love your art uh-huh. and not, not even want to support it. It brings them joy that it's there. So they want to take yeah. it, you know, and be a part of it. I, but I know what you mean. Yeah. In a time like this, it's really hard. Yeah. It's like sense of selfish. I got to sell this. I gotta sell yeah. That. yeah. But it, oh no, that's what I was going to say. It's not so much. I think people realize like, and what I'm hoping happens more coming out of this is the real value of art. Right. And so people, Very they yeah. know in a time like this, what, what's better right now than getting in an album straight from, you know, the band. Right. That's amazing. A band that you love. Yeah. Like, no, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good to know. I'm glad. Uh, that's yeah. 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 You know what? Uh, yeah. I think I'm just a bit too hard on, on myself. Um, because I'm trying to think like, Oh my God, if I got like Jillian Welsh's album straight from her with like a handwritten something or like, handwritten I oh I'd cry I'd actually cry <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd hold it in my hand and like show anyone that would look at me <laughs> like how do you see this <laughs> like yeah yeah, so, yeah yeah I get oh, okay yeah no that's thank you for putting that into perspective that's true that is true and uh when you guys when's that plan on uh launching good question I still am not done the first one because it's taking <laughs> it's taking a long time because I'm, I'm very detailed, very yeah. detailed, and I put a lot of I think about it a lot before I even make a mark. So, um, so I guess it's been at least like two and a half weeks since I've been working on this one. So maybe another two wow. and a half weeks. Okay, I don't know, maybe a month. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> 
It's like when it's done. we're in a time warp too, so I don't even know, I know if it's right? been two and a half weeks since I started this. Don't you feel? Do you get this feeling? This hit me. It was the other night because my sleep schedule's off mm-hmm. and stuff, and it hit me that like I just feel like I'm existing. Yeah. I'm not in a stream of time. I feel like this. Maybe this is sort of what it's like to be floating in space uh, outside of time. Like I have, no, I have no idea because there's no purpose. Yep, and there's no need for it right now. I'm like, yep. I don't need to wake up tomorrow. Nope. If I wake up at two, it's cool. If I finish this drawing, it's cool. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's a very odd place to be in. Yeah. It really is. It really is. That's a very, and then, yeah. oh, no, go no ahead, go I ahead. was just going to say, that's like a really apt or like really nice, uh, visualization to kind of like floating in space, what we're doing. <laughs> It's better than the reality. Yeah. I think that's my escapist. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, and but you guys are also you're still uh, practicing. Like you yeah, guys are jamming a lot. Yeah, and sorry, jamming sounds like a stupid term. No, I know. Yes, I know. Every time jam yeah. comes out of my mouth, I'm like, "You, Robin." <laughs> but I'm like, no, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's what it is. It's what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're still practicing because we're kind of like uh, I self isolating together, like. Just so that we can practice together, we're doing our best to, uh, because, uh, like, it, it it's kind of maddening. This it can be. So we, yeah. like, for instance, we all live really close to each other. So we meet, and then we take the train tracks to our jam space, and we don't see anybody. We're like hyper careful, um, so that we're able. To- it's like the Walking Dead. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Although, mind you. Taking the train tracks brought me back to when I was a teenager, like in a very visceral way, like almost immediately. I was like, yeah. holy fuck. Like, I feel like I should have like a six pack in a joint right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> was, yeah, it makes me think of like the river's edge yeah. or uh, stand by me or something. Yeah, yeah. I was, that's cool. Yeah. And just like, why are we going to go sit over there in the gravel now? And smoke cigarettes because that's like <laughs> and then jam and then go to practice <laughs> and then come back and yeah it's really it's bizarre that's great though yeah. it, it, i saw that you guys post something about that and i thought that was really cool yeah. it's nice to know that people are still making music yeah, yeah, yeah. of course man and i'm like that. yeah yeah it's encouraging we're lucky though we're lucky because we're able to um also we're a three-piece and it's uh we're also very, very close already. So it is so easy. It's easy for us to not see anyone else and only see each other. Um, yeah. Uh, and we're kind of grateful for it too, because the it's less uh, crazy making, I guess. Like right. it, it, it helps you feel at least more at ease rather. Um, yeah, if it's, there's some normalcy yeah. and there's um, structure yeah. in those things. Again, thank you oh so much, Oh my gosh, Robin. no, thank yeah. you, John. Thank you so much. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing well. Oh, thank you. And I hope, you know, everything turns oh, out. Oh, thank you. For you, too. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.